Welcome to Catching Cowboys. Join Dr. Muji, a psychology professor at the University of Ohio, and her daughter, Iyabode, a research scientist in California, on a journey of how to make the most of what life throws your way. We hope to make today's podcast as informative and lighthearted as possible. So sit back and join us on this adventure. Before we get started, if you have your own comments or questions, remember to send them to catchingcurveballs at gmail.com or DM us at Catching Curveballs Podcast on Instagram. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and tell your friends, family, and coworkers to listen. Greetings, my daughter. How are you today? I'm doing so well today, mom. And in light of today's episode topic, I actually have an update for you and the listeners. We just celebrated a few days ago, International Day of Happiness. Listeners, in case you weren't aware, the UN declared March 20th, International Day of Happiness, a few years ago. Actually, it's been more than a few years at this point since it was in 2012. But it's always really fascinating to actually look through and see those reports that share the happiest countries in the world. And so I thought I'd bring the results of this year's report, the World Happiness Report, into today's episode. For our U.S. listeners, we went from number 18 last year to 14th happiest country in the world. During the pandemic, somehow we moved up four spots. No clue how, but that's what the report states. And then the happiest country in the world is one that I have so many questions around. It's a country I never would have expected, but this apparently is their second year running. It's Finland, which I have no idea how the Finnish are the happiest. From what I know about Finland, it's way too close to the Arctic for the weather and the climate to be anything that I could possibly manage. That's an interesting update. I'm glad that you're bringing this in for discussion today. And uh, believe it or not, maybe our listeners don't know, in 2011, Nigeria was actually the happiest country on earth. That year, Nigerians celebrated. It's very interesting that in 2021, though, that we're number 116. I am so torn here because on the one hand, Nigeria's climate, you know, it's tropical. It's one that I can envision making sense to be a pretty high-ranked country in terms of citizen happiness. Granted, there's so much more to that, and it's a much more complicated matter than just the climate. But for me personally, I could never rank anywhere that's subarctic or with such freezing winters as number one or even anywhere in the top list of happiest country. All right. Well, with the happiness update covered, let's move on to exploring happiness. Mom, why don't you get us started by explaining to us what happiness is? Yes, uh, that word happiness is quite difficult to define. It's a popular word that we banter about and everyone throws it about. I'm happy. Have a happy day. Happy Monday. Happy Tuesday, happy everything. Uh, Sometimes you begin to wonder what exactly does that mean? In general, people will describe it as a wonderful feeling. It's a feeling of pleasure and of positivity. So if you're feeling good, if you're feeling excited, if you're satisfied about something, you will describe yourself as being happy. 
However, there have been different categorization of happiness, one being that it is joy, excitement, gratitude, pride, optimism, contentment, and love. Another way some folks have conceptualized or categorized it is to define or describe happiness as pleasure, passion, purpose. In looking at happiness, again, some folks want to distinguish between and would not want to use joy, for instance, to mean happiness. Some folks will want to actually distinguish between the two concepts in as much as some people will use it interchangeably. Uh, But some people have uh, described happiness or distinguished happiness from joy by looking at happiness as something that is externally triggered. So it's something that is outside, external to the individual. So you are happy about other people, other things, whereas joy would be more or less coming from making peace with who you are, why you are, and how you are. For me, when I think of happiness, if someone were to request that I explain it, I think I'd get as far as drawing a smiley face, and that's the extent that I'd reach. From there, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'd probably just start using synonyms that were similar to one of the categories that you shared, which was that reference of joy and excitement and optimism and contentment. But then you took it a step further by then helping us understand the potential difference between joy and happiness. So you lost me. But I find it so fascinating that some of these basic emotions, sadness, fear, anger, happiness, can be so complex and nuanced, yet are so fundamental and are primary emotions that we experience. For me, in one of my psych courses, something that really stuck out to me and that I really continue to think about on a day-to-day basis is this idea of some of the components or elements that go into creating a life of happiness, a full life. There were three components that were highlighted during that course, and my understanding is that all aspects have to be present to some degree. I don't remember the exact percentages, but the overall gist is that in order to truly feel happy and fulfilled in life, these three elements must be present. The first is that we must have a pleasant life, and a pleasant life is enjoying life's daily pleasures. That's enjoying walks, talks with friends and loved ones. We then need a good life. A good life is then using our skills and abilities, whether that's finding ourselves in flow states or engaging in hobbies, in work that we really are able to use our skills and talents in some way. We then need a meaningful life. And a meaningful life is one in which we help others and we're contributing to the greater good. That really stuck with me because when I think of happiness, and aside from that smiley face emoji that comes to mind, I also think usually of just kind of the daily pleasures. I usually don't take a moment to think about meaning or even use of skills and talents. I typically am thinking, well, a pleasant life is one that would constitute or support my feeling happy. The ability to go for a run or to talk with my family or to see my family, that to me is happiness. The chance to interact with my friends, all of that builds this image of happiness. But I remember thinking just how enriched an existence could be if it did have those three elements, if there was that sense of meaning, if there was that sense of 
being able to achieve a flow state in particular activities, and then also being able to enjoy life's day-to-day pleasures. So mom, what are some signs of happiness? Uh, That's a very good question because again, I would say it depends. For me personally, uh, signs of happiness would include seeing someone smile, a huge smile, or someone that laughs heartily, um, an individual who is happy for other people. The idea is that if you're happy, then you have no problems with other people's happiness. I mean, they being happy makes you happy. Uh, It would include a person who does not feel entitled. Uh, It would be someone who forgives others. I think that is very important, forgiveness. If you're able to forgive others, you're likely to be a happy person. Um, So those are some signs of happiness from my point of view. What about you? What would be some signs of a happy person or happiness? I'm telling you, mom, before this episode, I would have ended at just the smile. (laughs) I would have stopped at the smile. Um, Going back to what I even mentioned with the psychology course that I was referencing and some of the components to creating a happy life, I by default think of those. And so if I know someone who in my interactions with them, they'll explain some of their passions and they'll share what they're doing on a day-to-day basis to really appreciate all of the day's little moments of joy. I look at them as being happy. But I think in terms of external, easy to see signs, all of those that you mentioned are those I would also think of. I especially appreciated that you shared the happiness for other people being a potential sign of happiness. Because I think very often it can be easy for maybe it's just some people, not necessarily the majority, but sometimes it can be easy to overhear and even see people engaging in behaviors where it almost feels as if they view other people's happiness as subtracting from their own. And I think an important life lesson that is best grasped sooner rather than later is that it just doesn't work that way. Someone else's happiness, their success, it doesn't take away from yours or the potential that you have to create that success and create that happiness for yourself. Yeah, I agree with you, my daughter, that um, happiness should not be a zero-sum game. I mean, someone is happy. I can be happy. You too can be happy. Agree completely. And I love how you phrase it. It's not a zero-sum game. Another aspect that's been incredibly valuable for me, especially during really tough life events, has been the realization that happiness isn't some constant state of joy or elation. It doesn't mean that 24-7 or better yet, for every waking hour, you're constantly happy or joyful. That truly isn't what happiness means. And so at this point in my life, I almost view it more as my North Star. It's what's guiding me. It's that beacon that I'm constantly looking to. And during the moments when life gets hard, when my day is filled with uncertainty or disappointment, I look at that beacon and I try to think, what can I do to pivot back? What can I do to steer myself back towards that feeling of happiness? And so, mom, with that, what makes people happy? People have actually sought answers to that question from ancient times. So it's not something of now. It's something that we've always, as human beings, always sought to know what the answer is, what will make me happy, what will make others happy. 
And these answers actually range from a focus on external conditions to a focus on mental attitude. And the interesting thing is that research actually supports both, but more support has been garnered for mental attitude aspect. And you had already mentioned earlier on the whole idea of the flow experience. So when we talk about the mental attitude, that would be a good example where the focus is on the state of total involvement in an activity that requires complete concentration. And that could be a source of happiness or joy. Um, Again, I don't want to use those interchangeably, but a source of happiness. And then the reasons vary from one person to another. So what will make you happy might not necessarily make me happy and vice versa. Uh, When we become more self-aware though, then we're able to get a new level of happiness. That's such a good point that happiness is highly individual. There isn't just a copy and paste template that we can pull and apply to our lives. It's something that we have to define and then find a way to work towards. And this also plays into my conversations with other people. When someone is sharing something that's happened in their day or a goal that they're working towards, I try to absorb whatever they're sharing with the understanding that just because a particular path or a direction might make me happy, it might not necessarily make them happy. And so even as I'm responding and giving advice, not always that great of advice, but I'm still giving it. But when I do so, I try to be mindful of the fact that their happiness and the steps that could bring them closer to feeling happy are going to look far different to those that would make me happy. It's actually analogous to music. I like to think of it that way. It might seem outlandish, but listeners, stick with me on this one. Think of your favorite song. There are so many iterations and adjustments to the beat, the melody. It could be an instrumental song versus a vocal one. There could be a catchy hook that you just can't get out of your head or a certain verse that really speaks to you. But just because the final combination makes the cut as your favorite song doesn't mean that that same song will speak to other people in the same way. For another person, their favorite song could be an entirely different composition. It could be an entirely different style, but that song is the one they can't stop singing. It's their favorite. All of these songs might be incredible. I don't know. Maybe send them to me and I'll be the judge. But all of these songs could truly be so incredible. Yet for each person, the best song and even the variation of that same song could differ in terms of how they would like to see it composed. And the earlier we ask ourselves how we're going to make our dream song, our best song, the better our existence and the time we have on this earth will be. I don't know how I got to music, mom. I feel as if you should have signaled and done something to steer me back because I have no clue how that happened. All right. What are the effects of happiness? I actually um, liked how you uh, moved away from the topic because that brought me some happiness. I mean, by focusing on songs and I felt that it was related to the topic uh, more than you think it is, you know. So back to the question of effects of happiness, as uh, many of us would guess and already know from our day-to-day interaction with others, 
particularly if there are others that are particularly very happy, uh, hopefully we'll see that it helps them to relax. Or if it does happen to you, you'll see that whenever you are very happy or whenever you are happy, you are more relaxed. It also has effect on our health, both physical and mental health. Health and happiness are more or less intertwined, no matter how you describe the aspect of health. Studies have also shown that happiness is linked to longevity. Happier people, happy people live longer. Beyond that, happy people have stronger immune system, immune response. Happier people or happy people are more content with life. And so you can see the various ramifications and positive outcomes of happiness. That was definitely a softball question, mom. You didn't have any convincing to do for me. And if I'm going to speak on behalf of all of our listeners, you don't have to convince any one of us that happiness is linked to so many positive health benefits. Now, a tougher question, a curveball or a fastball. What are some myths surrounding happiness? What are some of those common misunderstandings when it comes to being happy? There are many myths or misunderstandings about happiness. For example, some people believe that they will be happy when they reach a certain target or a certain goal. Some will believe that they will be happy when they find that perfect partner, a perfect job, or when they get that huge amount in terms of salary. But the truth is that humans adapt to new circumstances. Just like with resilience, we will most likely be happy again. We will bounce back. An article by Dr. Csikszentmihalyi titled, If We Are So Rich, Why Aren't We Happy? suggests that people are wrong about the relation between material conditions and how happy they are. Typically, some folks believe that if they win lottery or if they get a huge raise, uh, that that will make them happy. However, it has been shown that uh, many of the lottery winners, after they've spent the money, within a few years, they're back to their base level in terms of their happiness. Popular statements or phrases that some people use that demonstrate the misunderstanding about happiness would include things like, I can't be happy because I've been jilted. Some folks will say, I will never recover from this illness. I'll be happy when I win the lottery. I'll be happy when I'm married. Or I'll be happy when I get my dream job. And these are all myths or misunderstanding associated with happiness and what happiness is exactly. Those myths can be so hard to let go of, though. I call them the one eyes and one size. I'm just kidding. I've never called them that before until now. (laughs) This is genuinely my first time using that description, but I like it. So it might stick. The one eyes and the one size. I'll be happy once I get A, B, and C. I'll be happy when I get X, Y, and Z. You know, another misperception that I'd like to nominate to be added is this idea that some people are always happy or on the opposite end of the spectrum, that some people are never happy. 
But a powerful feature with happiness is that we all have the skills or the ability to increase our happiness. It might not be that we'll immediately be at the levels we want to be at or dramatically change how happy we are momentarily, but we have the skill set to continue working towards reaching our happiness goals. We have that ability within us. I read a Wall Street Journal article earlier this year that I would love to share with everyone. It's called A Workout for Your Mental Health, and I love the fitness theme used in this article. Overall, it's a description about the importance of mental fitness regimens, that creation of a program or regimen to improve your mental fitness. And from my perspective, I would strongly recommend tailoring this to meet your particular needs. As we mentioned earlier, happiness is highly individual. It's unique to you. If we're going back to that song analogy, you want to create a song that speaks to you. You don't want to create a song that speaks to your neighbor or your best friend or your parent or your child. Create a song that truly sounds melodic and beautiful to you. I'll just read through all of them in general. Once again, pick and choose the ones that are right for you. You have the ability to even experiment with all of them, test run them just to see how you like it and see what sticks. The first is to set a routine. Be intentional and actually set a routine for your day. Whether it's something as simple as just the time you're going to wake up or what you're going to do with the first 15 minutes after you wake up or even eating your meals for the day. Next up, calm your mind. Even if it's only for a few minutes, incorporate breathing exercises, or if it's for you, a prayer or yoga or meditation. Whichever approach you choose to take, make sure it's something that helps you obtain a bit of peace and truly calm your mind. Next up, watch your language. Replace quote-unquote hot language with cooler language. There are a few examples that the article shares that I really like. Instead of using language such as, I'm overwhelmed, instead say, this is a challenge, but I can handle it. And stop saying should to yourself. Instead of I should, opt for I would like to. Also practice self-compassion. Self-compassion is the theme of this podcast. It comes up time and time again because it should be a key staple in your mental fitness regimen. Also exercise. Even five minutes can start to reduce our anxiety levels. Another strategy is to create a media diet. For example, a news calorie count where you limit your news intake or set particular times of the day to turn off your cell phone. Or as I would suggest, just find a time of the day to leave it in another room. Also, adjust your social media feed. If negativity is the commonality in what you're seeing posted, then adjust that. Another tip is to choose your extracurricular activities wisely. Aim for those activities that give you a sense of purpose, for example, volunteering, or make you feel accomplished or as if you're mastering a new skill, for example, learning a new language. Importantly, cultivate supportive relationships. Build strong relationships and make a commitment to do so, not only to build them, but to maintain them. And last but not least, be grateful. We have a gratitude episode for refreshers, so I won't go into this too much, but ultimately, that's another element to take into consideration in creating your mental fitness regimen. All right, mom, I think we're ready for your quote for today. My quote is by Charles Dickens. Happiness is a gift 
And the trick is not to expect it, but to delight in it when it comes. End of quote. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow us on Instagram for much more content at Catching Curveballs Podcast. That's Catching Curveballs Podcast. And as always, remember to rate, review, and tell everyone you know about the podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.